Our world is changing beyond recognition before our own very eyes. So are you ready to claim your place? Ride the waves and do your best to turn your feelings into positive actions? Stay tuned for thought-provoking conversation with my dear friend, Dr. David Kenneth Waldman, the founder and president of Rebecca House International Publishing Company and to Love Children Organization. Welcome to the Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. Your host is a certified executive coach and trainer with the passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you manage your life and your business at its best. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Your Life Now Show, where your life and your business matter. I am your host and executive producer, Rhea Wolke, also known as Coach Rhea. So welcome to the show. As always, we like to start our show with setting our intention. My intention, the intention of having this show, is to inspire transformation. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life and in your business so you can live the fulfilled life that you desire. Here on the show, we always really share some really helpful tips and information how to achieve optimum of everything, right? So it is really up to you to... Um, to use whatever information we provide here on the show, but our intention, my intention, is really to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. If you'd like to know more about us and how we can be of service to you or to your business, please make sure you contact us. We would love to hear from you. You can always go to our website at yourlifenow.info. And send us a request, send us a comment, you know, um, our email address will be there. So make sure you contact us and let us know how we can be of service to you. Your Life Now LLC, it's a professional executive coaching training. We do a lot of public speaking, teaching in sales and marketing, and then also in PR. We would love to be of service to you. So again, for more detail, visit our website at www.yourlifenow.info. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what just had happened with the election and all the mixed feelings about the future. And will be joining me in this conversation, my dear friend, Dr. David Kenneth Waldman, the founder and president of Rebecca House International Publishing Company and to Love Children Organization. David has been recognized as a creative problem solver and manager expert in public policy, gender justice, and educational development for girls in the developing world. It's an honor for me to have him join us and uh, share his positive perspective on what we should be doing going forward to assure you know, that we are still standing for what we believe, but taking action and turning our feelings into positive action. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Thank you for being here. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. (laughs) 
Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now show. I am your host, Rhea Wilkie, also known as Coach Rhea and executive producer of your Life Now show. So welcome. It's um, It's been a crazy <laughs> ride this past couple of days. And, uh, of course, if you live in the U.S. or even if you live international in a, somewhere else, I'm sure you know what's going on here in the U.S. with the election results. There's a lot of mixed feelings. Some of us are in disbelief of the outcome of the election. I'm actually personally glad it is over, and uh, but I also had some a lot of a lot of mixed feelings yesterday. I'm still feeling it, but I'm really trying to change, you know, um, those feelings and and really put some plans into action. And as we always do here on the show, we try to inspire a change, and we also inspire you guys to live consciously. To, to learn how to um, adapt to those changes and move forward. And uh, let me tell you, <laughs> it's very unexpected um, as a woman here. And what I believe in, uh, um, I never really took side as far as, you know, my political point of view. And this show is really not intended to be um, uh, a, a political show, but it's really more about, you know, uh, the after fact and, and, and how we can deal with the after fact in a positive way. And, uh, um, of course, social media right now is, the to me, it's like a frightened place to visit because there is so many conflicted emotions. There's so many different um, point of views, and I call them point of views because that's what it is. You know, we there's a lot, a lot of positive feedback, and I can literally just read tons of them and have a whole show just reading a lot of positive, you know, um, feedback and outlook on what you know what could happen, even without like taking any side. You know, either way, um, and 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 not taking any side. I'd like you to help me welcome my dear friend, Dr. David Kenneth Waldman, to the show. David, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. And it's um, an important discussion that I think um, we need to have as Americans. And I I'm, I'm look forward to having one today. I, I, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, I, I want to put out this information also for those who are interested in joining this conversation. Of course, if you do have a positive feedback or positive comment to share, or you have a question for myself or Dr. David Kenneth Waldman, we'd love to hear from you. And you can contact us right now live on the air at 626-213-5773. I also have the chat room open. So if you do have the link, um, of course, if it's shared on social media, whether you follow me or follow Dr. David Kenneth Waldman, you'll know you have the link. From that link, you can see the chat room and you'll be able to also put there your comment, your questions, if you wish. Um, so, David, wow, right? Yep. <laughs> I, um, well. you know, yesterday you and I we were talking, and you know, I cried, right? Um, yes. I, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it was really interesting because I wasn't sure why I was crying, right? Was I crying because one candidate had lost and the other person had won? I found out later on that was not really the case. It was not about who won or who lost. I felt like some of my values, some of my beliefs, some of the things that I stand for had been put to the test as a result of this. Um, of this. So I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional again. But, you know, this show is supposed to be positive. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to stay, hold my, my head high, and, uh, you know, recognize that it's not personal. And I think if we all take the labels, all away, we all alike. So, David, t- 
tell me how you felt and, and, and what you, you know, what do you think? Well, first of all, um, in, in staying positive, um, there's no other option if, if you don't stay positive. Action um, towards the negative is going to just create despair. So if I may, let me take a minute or two to, to put um, this political event into perspective. Um, that you um, noted that the world is changing beyond recognition and for a lot of people on both sides, on the side of the people that voted for um, Hillary Clinton, um, their world turned upside down um, knowing that the um, fear and anger of moving towards a conservative America. Um, And on the Donald Trump side, the um, president-elect um, side and his followers, um, there's millions and millions of people that saw their world change um, beyond recognition with LGBT rights and um, rights um, with women in the army and uh, a multicultural-looking um, demographic in America. The world um, has changed to a very liberal slant, and the facts are in America that the world has um, changed in America towards a lot more liberal view. People are in favor of the woman right to choose and LGBT rights and um, marriage equality rights and more civil rights. And, and so you have um, a divided country where one half of the nation – and these are generalizations because it's not all of one and all of the other. There's people that cross both sides. And on either side, um, people um, feel an, um, a shattering, an earthquake. Some are celebrating, some are crying. So if mm-hmm. I may, let me um, put this into perspective. Okay, uh, please go ahead. And, 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 and putting this into perspective um, in a historical context, because I, I always – turn to history as a way of understanding what's happening today. So when my mom and dad were born, um, 1909 for my father and 1912 for my mother, was just a a few short years into the 20th century. And the technology then and the politics then um, was so different than it was when they got married in 1939 all the way through to the end of their life. My father made it to 75, and my mother lived until 1994. So in their lifetime, um, they saw touch-tone um, phones, and they saw fax machines, and they saw um, flying across the country and the world in jet planes, and they saw Uh, men walk on the moon. And and so the people that they related to in growing up through the Depression to the world that they saw change was beyond recognition. And I always wondered as a child, how did they navigate that? And then I looked back at my own life, being born in 1952, and I lived through the Korean War, because when I was born it was um, going towards an end and the Cold War, and in 1962, President Kennedy, when I was 10 years old, said, we may have a nuclear war against um, Cuba and and the USSR, 
and, and the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Berlin Wall. And, and so my world, from 1952 to what the millennials um, see with the iPhones and touch phones and their world of music is, and, and the way they look at the world, then my baby boomer generation is completely different. Though change happens not radically, but happens over time. And so my thesis is, is that this, isn't, this didn't happen yesterday. There was an election um, on, on Tuesday, and the forces that were working happened over a period of decades. And, and, and I'd also want to take another minute, if I can, because um, I want to open this up to a conversation and a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to just add one more point, if I may. Um, if, if we look at, oh, my goodness, the world is coming to an end. Well, <laughs> in American history, let me just mm-hmm. give a few examples where, where people said, oh, my goodness, the world has ended. When President Lincoln was elected, states succeeded, and we went into a civil war for four years. In 1856, on May the 22nd, representative in the House of Representatives, Representative Preston Brooke, a Democrat from South Carolina, attacked Senator Charles Sumner, a Republican um, from Massachusetts, with a walking cane causing injury on the floor of the Senate. Um, demagogues, we've had those, Joe McCarthy and, and um, the fight against calling people anti-American and communist. Father Charles Edward um, Gosselin um, had 30 million listeners, and he was, for, he was for FDR, but then turned into a harsh critic against FDR and divided um, the country. Um, and, and my last um, favorite example is that we had Aaron Burr, a, a, a sitting vice president, had a duel with Alexander Hamilton of Broadway fame, who was the former Secretary of, uh, of the United States. They had a duel, and Aaron Burr killed Alexander Hamilton in that duel. So politics have been rougher, for sure, in the past. And and the good news, the confidence in that America has gone through this throughout our entire history. It's part of our DNA. Um, we're still a very, very young nation. Um, I, I've stayed in, in um, inns with rooms in, in Holland and, and in mm-hmm. England in pubs that are hundreds of years older than America. So we're still a young nation finding our way with this American exper- experiment of democracy. And it's been said before, yes, it gets messy. Yes, it was a, chain, a, a game changer for half of the country, and half the country the, the change um, also happened, and we still don't know what the results are. But what we do know is what we can do exactly to make a difference for each other absolutely very well said i couldn't say it any better and and yes you are correct i mean a lot of people i've seen people posting this even celebrity and other you know different places on social media and blogs and everything saying if the trump wins it's the end of the world. Well, that is very extreme. And I can tell you the world's not going to end anytime soon. 
you know. And it is our responsibility to continue to grow, to achieve, and to inspire, to educate, and to build, to help make the world a better place. I'm like yourself. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, you, you know, your parents were, were the immigrant, but I am an American immigrant. And I can tell you, you know, I was just in Europe about a month ago, and uh, um, it, 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 I never get bored of the history, right? So, yes, I think we have a, a great future if we really think about, you know, the fact that this is, is a young, still young country. And there is a lot of potential and there is a lot of things we can do. When you look at places, like you said, you know, you've been to Holland, you've been in a little end. I've been to places I, myself that I just like, you know, I, I couldn't believe how much history there was in. And I'm sure these people had endured a lot more than what we did to get to where they are. But that's, you know, I mean, sometimes when we, um, when we get hit with, like, big change, like, this is a big, big, big change for most of us, right? And, and right. I know it's hard to, to kind of, uh, most people resist change. That's, that's the fact first. I mean, I've been in human, you know, <laughs> development and, 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 and the business of, you know, um, motivating and, and, and speaking to a lot of people about, you know, how to adapt to change and how you can actually, you know, be better, you know, if you, if you learn the steps that you can, you can take to overcome some of that change to make it, you know, suited for you and the people around you. But when we, when we like, you know, we have a lot of expectation, and I believe a lot of us have had a different, you know, um, point of view, right? People had, you know, whether they are Republican or Democrat. I mean, I'm, for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm very neutral. Um, it's all about doing the right thing. And, of course, there's no such a thing, you know, most of the time in politics, right? So there is always, you know, um, waiting what's good and what's not good. And that's how I made my decision as far as who I chose to, you know, vote for. So my disappointment is because I, again, like I felt the things that are valued to me, the things that I believe are strongly valued to me are stake, right? You know, being an American uh, 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 immigrant, being a woman, being, you know, feeling like, you know, um, that people having like start to have like a short, you know, um, they're not patient toward each other. I don't know if you had noticed that before the election, actually, before, you know, before the result. That people were like almost feeding on some of the negativity, you know, that Donald Trump was putting out there on the media. I mean, he used the media. He's very smart about using the media to get himself elected. So I want to congratulate him on achieving what he wanted. So no doubt about that. But doesn't mean like I agree with you know what he said, and I, I many times I felt insulted as as a as an American citizen and as a woman for all the things that were said. But like, you know, you and I, we also talked about it and you mentioned it in the beginning, maybe he just needed to do that, right? And his action is going to be different and we're hoping his action is going to be different. But I think what we can control at this point is what we do as an individual going forward. So this is, this is where it all starts with us. So, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we, we need to continue doing on what we do in the best. We need to support our causes. We need to really understand what it will value to us and why are they value to us and what can we do moving forward. I think, you know, being negative and, and expressing, you know, your frustration, it's normal, you know, at this point right now because this is a huge ordeal for a lot of people. And, again, I really believe that people were doing these things. They thought they were divided because they loved the country and they had their own reasoning why they wanted, you know, one person versus the other. 
But I think what we really need to focus on, right? We need to focus on what is really important. What's important at this point right now? Right, right, exactly. And so let's take um, the conversation off of the election because – um, it's it, it's not relevant to the to the reality of each of us, no matter what side that we're on. Um, sure. The politics, um, as I mentioned before, with a duel between a, a sitting vice president and a former secretary of, of treasury. Um, so we've been there and and we've gone through all those changes. That's not um, um, that that just didn't happen overnight and so it's important in order to stay positive and as you were saying to focus on on what you believe in less than half of americans voted on tuesday and so that that's not good. The story no. uh, in, in in america you know less than 50 percent um voted so how involved are, are people a lot of people just don't care don't think it matters So for those of you that think it matters, well, then let's shift the focus off of a single election and what may or may not happen. And there will be consequences. Roe versus Wade will be under threat. The Affordable Care Act will be under threat. Climate change treaty, the Paris um, Treaty, climate change will be under threat. And and our involvement in the U.N. um, will be under threat and NATO and, and all these possibilities um, are real, but you have Democrats that will be in Congress and they'll they'll do what they can to block and and to filibuster. So it, there's going to be bad stuff that goes forward, and all the millions and millions of people um, that voted for um, Mr. Trump, they're calling them the Reagan uh, Democrats. When he d- does not deliver and he takes away their health care and he does all these things. In four years, um, he's going to lose everything that he won, and, and it won't be a, more than a one-term president. So things will shift back. But the right. most important thing is, it, why isn't anybody talking about the Dakota pipeline? Why right. isn't anybody talking about 33,000 children every single day um, die of, of preventable um, causes? What happened... Um, to the, the millions of children in, in America that go to bed hungry, um, of food insecure households, um, going to school so they can have one meal because uh, the government's paying for it. Why aren't we talking about those things? Why aren't we talking about um, women's rights and women's access to health um, and, and talking about the solution. So when I teach at the universities that I teach at, um, the University of Roehampton, London, and Colorado State University Global, and um, Phoenix University, and, and UCLA Extension, uh, each of those universities will be happy that I mentioned them on air. Um, they, they give me an opportunity to interact with students, and when they talk about our paper on abortion or gun rights or whatever the issue, and they say all these problems, whatever side they're on, I write back, what's the solution? Okay, so you have the problem. Now, what's the solution? Would you go to the doctor and say, okay, these are my problems? Um, And the doctor says, 
I agree with you. Those are really bad problems. <laughs> you want the <laughs> doctor to have a solution. When when that light comes on, bing, when you're flying and um, the pilot or the flight attendant says, um, the pilot um, put on the fasten your seatbelt sign, we're going through some turbulent times. Do you want the pilot and co-pilot says, oh, you know, I, I don't know what to do here. What are we going to do? You put on your seatbelt and you ride it through. And America has put on their seatbelt um, for its entire 240 years and to find solutions. We need to shift the conversation. And when in my lifetime, because I can only speak for myself, and now I'm a political junkie, so maybe that's not accurate, but the majority of people don't pay attention to politics day to day, don't even know who their mayor is, or you go to a college campus, and because um, this was done, and I watched this on a YouTube, um, a young reporter went out on college campuses, college campuses, and asked, mm -hmm. who's our vice president? They couldn't say Joe Biden. So, yeah. That's sad. You know, I mean, actually, that's very sad. A, that's a, yeah. Right. Right. So um, Americans, do, you know, have are entitled to be angry on both sides, are entitled um, to be upset. But now what are we going to do to make a difference? Going forward. Yeah, going forward. But you know what you said? And, and honestly, I think this is this blowed my mind because I didn't know that number that when you said below 50 percent of the um, American had voted, that blows my mind. I actually did a special show, just a special message show to encourage people to vote. I've been trying to encourage people to vote. My mother, who's 78 years old, she was upset. She, she lives in a retirement center in Florida, and she was upset that she didn't get to go vote. This is a 78-year-old woman, right, that she wanted her voice to be heard. And this is, you know, people don't realize how much power their voice has. But when you give your right, when you give your voice, I feel it's a shame on us to complain, you know, but we're not going to, mm -hmm. we're not going to judge everybody right now. But I mean, that's really upsetting to me that we really did not come through and stand for what is, what is, you know, what is, what is our rights and what were our values and go out there and have our voice heard. So let, let, let so me address that. Okay. Let me address that if I may, because, um, our values on both sides, conservative or liberal or independent, um, hasn't changed. And for the and I will for full disclosure, I'm a liberal Democrat because I think that's fair to say. So people know my bias and, and and how the lens that I see through. But I I try um, professionally to put that aside and to remain objective so when because maybe it's it's teaching um elementary children and now teaching at the university level so when i hear an absolute like oh my goodness um <clears throat> america voted for trump and how could americans vote for trump and how dumb and stupid they are hello what you know, 220,000 people, the popular vote, more people voted for Hillary Clinton. And so America didn't vote for Trump. America, um, the majority, wanted Hillary, and it's our electoral college. That could be another conversation, another radio show, is because Gore had the popular vote and lost 
the presidency. So that's a legitimate conversation. But we need to be careful, and when we think creatively and critically and, and, and be fair-minded and looking at the facts, you can't say, it's impossible to say in a credible voice that, oh, how could America vote for Trump? America didn't as a majority, but he's, um, he's the president. And let, let me just um, give a metaphor. I like to give... Um, Metaphor is his way of like putting things in perspective, and I do that when I teach, and I do that for myself. And um, when when I was raised through the 50s, we we had an alarm go off, a bell go off, and we were told that we needed to duck and cover. So we had to duck under our desks um, to protect us in case there was a nuclear war that would be safer if we went into the hallway, ducked under our desk. How insane was that? So um, I don't think we need to um, duck and cover. The world is a a lot safer. Um, And there were too many checks on on power. That's what the founding fathers did. They um, were so argumentative and, States like Virginia said, what? Why would you have the same amount of representation in government? You're Rhode Island, Delaware. You don't have any population. Why should you have equal? So they came up with a compromise, and they said, okay, um, let's say two senators from every state, so that's equal, and then the House of Representatives will be allotted according to population. So this way, it's a compromise. Um, we don't want to have another king. We just got rid of a king. Okay, then we'll have a president, and he'll have a term um, of no more than four years, and if reelected, another four years. FDR was the exception, and then they passed an amendment, so only two terms. And if the president gets too much power, you have Congress. If Congress and the president get it wrong, you have the Supreme Court to rule on on constitutional or not. (laughs) And then the biggest, most important um, check of all, and this was borne out by the recent election, you have the people. Uh, You know, James Madison feared um, having a majority because it would get too one-sided and and they would trample over minority rights. But, But you have social media, which puts us in bubbles, but you have social media so we can communicate and create grassroots and to be able to help our neighbors. Um, so I, I think um, that it's, it's legitimate. I'm still reeling. My head is, is spinning a little bit um, of this change. No one likes change. Do you know, Rhea, the, the um, three most stressful um, acts that a person goes through um, is the death of a loved one, moving, getting married, I'll add graduating, um, all, all those things, even if it's for good, it's, it's right. a big change. People don't like change. Right. Nobody does. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's that's human, you know, uh, nature. They resist change, and I, change and, and I think most of us have a hard time finding a path of least resistance. 
because we resist, we actually, I mean, actually we make more mistakes. And I think a lot of time because we're not conscious of our actions and, and our decision, we realize that we, when we face with change, we don't know what to do, right? Um, some people, you know, you heard mm-hmm. people like when they get married, you said one of the things, whether it's death or getting married or, you know, whatever, some of these big changes that happens in our lifetime, you know, some people have like what they call cold feet, right? Why do they have cold feet? Because they just, they not they don't know if they can handle change. And this is huge in our nation. It's very huge. It's, you know, because I think that the whole thing for me, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I always say this, I, 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 you know, <laughs> I, 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 um, but honestly, I tuned off all the external messages from the media. Okay, this is a part of a media, but this is a positive media. I call it, you know, we share, and I only, I refuse to share anything but positive on the show because if I want to hear something negative, all I have to do is just turn one of those channels and I can hear everything that can make me feel like crap, right? But I really, I mean, you know, it's 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 very clear what I'm what I'm passionate about here is really just to share these positive, you know, emotions, positive feelings about how we can go move forward. But it is I. Honestly, I know, I know you guys are listening. I see a lot of people in the, in the, in the switchboard, but if you do want to um, join us, make sure you hit one if you want to call um, to chat with us. But thank you for being there. But honestly, honestly, if you just think about it, if you can just simplify it, simplify it to the point to, to come to you as an individual and look at yourself, look what you're standing, and look ahead. And then think about what is it that you wanted to see. And start those steps. Because, I mean, what happens when we miss step? We fall, right? Mm-hmm. So I yep. think we, we really need to simplify into the fact it is what it is right now. And I think that we can change it unless some miracles. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even want to, well, you know. Let's talk, we can't let's change talk about the silver lining, okay, right. because I, I agree with you. Um, it is what it is. Life happens. Um, and in life has always happened, and it's how we deal with life um, and, and how much we give back and how much we love and, and repair the world and give to others um, and look out for the poor and the disenfranchised. That's the measure because there will always be tragedies and difficulties and um, changes um, like, like this change in our politics. But what's the silver lining? Well, I'm a storyteller. I also write children's books, and I, yeah, I mentioned I, and I mentioned that I was from New York. I'm a liberal Democrat from Wrong. New York, so we like to talk. So, so this, so um, when when I'm teaching and I have a student that's not engaged, there's a lot of Americans that were not engaged on both sides in the political process at all. Like the 45 percent of Americans that voted in the majority that didn't, okay? So how do I get uh, an adult um, student um, in, in an online class um, getting their degree? How do I get their attention? I give them a zero. No, I give them the, the, the um, grace period, and then I put a zero in, and when they're so concerned with their grades, they see that zero, and all of a sudden I get an email or a phone call and oh my God, I, I, and they panic, and I calm them down. And I'm saying, all I wanted to do was I got your attention. <laughs> well, you got my attention, Dr. Waldman. I said, okay, now let's come up with a learning plan and 
um, and you can turn in your paper late. I won't penalize you. I'm here to support your learning. This election got a lot of people's attention. That's the silver lining. There's going to be more young people, more uh, middle age, and more old people on both sides um, and in the middle of the political spectrum. There's going to be people all over the world that are afraid and concerned. We got the attention of many different populations. And in here in America, and if you're concerned and, and if you want to find a positive way forward, so what are you going to do to volunteer? Um, what are you going to do to be kinder to your children, to be more positive, um, read a book to your child, um, hug a stranger, uh, do random acts of kindness? You can't do this anymore going through a toll booth because it's automatic. But I used to drive over the Golden Gate Bridge and tell the, the, the person who took your money, um, back in the old days, and I said, I'm paying for the car behind me. And as I drive <laughs> off, and I see the man in the tow booth, says, you know, I see him motioning, oh, no, you see that guy in the car? Um, he paid for you, and he waves that car on. And I look at my rearview mirror, and I look at the face of that driver going, wow, like whatever kind of day I was having, that changed my day. And I've done that my entire life, a simple you know what? You must be stressed by that counter with people yelling flights are canceled. I know. I've been there. Thank you for what you're doing. Like, what can I do to make this easier for you? Um, oh, yeah, you're so right, and thank you for noticing and seeing me. And I go, yep, you know, it's like people are difficult, aren't they? And she she or he would laugh. And, and all of a sudden, I look at my, my boarding pass, and I've been upgraded because acts of kindness, what goes out comes in. So we need to put a lot more out with no expectations, and our world will change. And this is, as my, mother, my Jewish mother would say, nishkafela, not so terrible. You know what's really terrible is the tornadoes and the fires and the earthquakes and the floods where people lose everything and sometimes a family member, and you look on the news after an, an earthquake or a hurricane, and you look at everything is flattened, it's gone. All the, all the memories, all the photographs, it's all gone. Um, how do those people, and I wonder, how do those people pick up it. and move on? When I travel yeah. to developing countries into war zones, Children with no shoes and only uh, um, one shirt and pants, and um, yet they're clean, and they have very little to nothing, yet they're singing and smiling and positive. How can they have that um, when they have so much um, to complain about? They get on with life. And just finally to wrap up this little um, story, um, I would have um, people – that have become friends over the years when I go to Uganda, one friend um, who's like a brother to me would say, oh, you Americans, you always worry about money. Money this, I have money about that. He goes like, well, seriously? You're worried about money? Like, how could you be worried about money? And I would laugh, and, and he would laugh, and going, well, yeah, we do. We're always talking about money, money, money. And, you know, you can't do that in, in a developing country. They look at you like you're out of your mind. We need to put, <laughs> need to put life into perspective. Nish Kafela, sure. there's a 
you know, you think you have a problem because your girlfriend broke up, your boyfriend broke up, your car broke down, whatever that problem was when you were younger, I would cry and go to my mother. She would say, well, your aunt has cancer, and, and that's a real problem. What you have is, is a baby problem. And, and if you could fix it with money and with time, ain't broke. Right? Yeah. Our country ain't broke because we could fix it with money. Um, but more importantly, we could fix it with our compassion towards each other and that love each other and kindness absolutely you know i mean what you said you know i'm I'm a world traveler i've been to the to to the third world i'm actually part of some of some of it you know <laughs> the the lebanese part but you know what the the fact is um it, it our focuses and our you know unfortunately some of us um not put in the right place you know, I think, you know, when you look at some other places in the world, when you look at other places, I know we don't want to worry about the rest of the world. We just want to worry about our own world. But I think if we try to, to reflect and look at other places, it gives us a different perspective. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not that we care, you know, and we really should, actually, because even when we don't think what happens somewhere else in the, in the world doesn't affect us, it does affect us one way or another. But one thing that I've noticed, you know, I this is my second time visiting uh, um, in the past couple of years, Spain. Spain's economy is terrible. You know, if you, if you look at their econ- economic, you know, it, it's, it's not even, doesn't even exist. I mean, I, they probably are on the merge of bankruptcy like Greece. I don't even agree. Greece, I probably, they went out of their bankruptcy right now. But the point what I'm just saying, when, when I was out and about, like people, the, the lifestyle is so much better there because they're not worrying about these things that we worry about. Like we buy everything with money here. You know what I mean? Over there, you see people are more calm, more relaxed. You know, they really enjoy in life and they're not complaining. And I just like, like, how do they do that? Like how do the people just sitting around the cafes and enjoying a cup of coffee and, and smiling at each other and greeting each other and having a fiesta every night, you know, their, their dinner doesn't start at eight o'clock and people are out and, when I was in Madrid, you know, this, this, just when I was in, in Spain just recently, I am telling you, I just like, I was blown away. I was literally blown away that people, it's Madrid, it's like New York, right? It's a big city. And I was staying in the heart of Madrid. I did not see chaos. I did not see any problem, not so ever when I was there. And there was so many people enjoying life and enjoying these things. And I'm not saying this now because I wanted to compare us to someone else. But what I'm just saying here, it is okay for us to feel a certain way. I think it is okay for us to recognize how we feel. And recognize those feelings are nothing but love. Love for something, right? So we we feel in the same, the way we're feeling. Like I'm, you know, like you said, you're still feeling on the edge. You're still feeling, you know, I was numb yesterday. I was completely I, I get you, you know, my husband said, how do you feel if you're numb? I said, I don't know. I was just like, I, I, I can't put a finger on what I'm, how I'm feeling, right? And I meditated and I was trying to really do everything that I can in a healthy way to deal with those feelings. But so I think when, when we recognize, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. And, um, and, and it's a period of shock and, and grief. Um, but in my lifetime, I've gone through shock and grief. Um, but I want to say just two two things. One is um, I live in Baltimore, and I look out my, my living room, big door, and the Juliet balcony up here on the 18th floor, 
and I'm looking out onto the street, and I see people walking, not many, it's not New York, so um, there aren't a lot of people on the street, but I see cars, you know, driving, and I'm wondering, life is going on, Um, people are, are, are going on with life, life did not stop, and all over this country, if if all our um, our thoughts go to ourselves, yes, it it is a blow. But if you start thinking, how can I help someone else? All of a sudden, that yeah. that that shock and pain goes yeah. away. It's magic. And and and, and um, another um, example. And and I wish um, some of your listeners would would call in so we can have a conversation. I'd like to hear their experiences, but. In, in 1983, um, I broke up a four-and-a-half-year relationship, and I lived with this woman in Colorado, and I moved to Southern California. And um, I, I've suffered my entire adult life since I was 18 years old with black depression. And those who are listening, um, when I say black depression, if you never experienced that kind of depression, you can't possibly know. And And I went and I said, well, what am I going to do to get out of this? Help someone else. Where can I go? I can volunteer. Where can I volunteer? Why don't I volunteer at a suicide hotline? Because I, you know, I'm very close to that myself, and I could be with people that are caring. Because I needed that kind of caring. So I went into this center in Southern California, and I spoke with the director, and. We were talking, and I was telling her about my depression and, and, and how you know it was so difficult to even do anything. Um, because, and, and, and the black depression um, just took over my life. And so she asked, she asked me, so may I ask you about your faith? You know, are you Jewish? And I said, well, yeah, I happen to be Jewish. She goes, well, do you go to synagogue? And he says, no, you know, I don't, I don't go to synagogue and all those rituals and um, and though I'm deeply proud of being Jewish and my culture and heritage and, and repairing the world and, and our contributions, you know, all that religion. So, so I, don't, I don't go to synagogue. And she said, well, why are you throwing the baby out with the bathwater? And I looked at her and I said, what? That's insane. Why would you throw the baby out with the bathwater? And she looked back and she said, isn't that what you're doing? Because you don't like something part of the ritual. You're denying yourself the parts that you do like. And I went, oh, no. Uh, Like, that just, um, that was scary because it just revealed a whole new chapter of how, at 31 years of, of age, my life took a major turn to how I was to think moving forward then she said to me i'd like to have you volunteer on the hotline and i said no how could i i mean i I, i'm a suicidal myself practically and i'm so depressed what how could i possibly help anyone and she said well um it's exactly you who better than you david she said that will understand people when they call in and i said look I, i haven't even gone through your training and she goes David, the little that we spoke, I, you don't need training. Here's a book of emergency um, telephone numbers, and if you need to give them a number for more help, then you'll give them that number. Um, but I have confidence in you. I believe, believe in you, even though you don't believe you could do this. 
So, sitting at home on the July 4th weekend, my, my heart in my mouth thinking, please don't let the phone ring. The phone rang, and it was this man, and he said to me, um, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Um, this is what happened, and I'm so distraught, and I'm going to kill myself, and I have a gun um, next to me, and, and my life has ended. And I thought, well, what, what can I do? What do I know? And I just said instinctively of how I would feel, and I knew that he wasn't saying anything more then I'm crying for help. Listen to me. How do I get out of this? I'm drowning. That's what I just did a few days ago when I went to that center and spoke to the director. So I said, look, I'm not going to be held as a hostage, and I'm not going to sit here and listen to you while you have a gun. I'm not going to listen to that gun go off and you kill yourself. So I'll be here and stay on the phone with you all day, all night, the next day, the next night, however long it takes, but, but you need to put the gun away. And then I remained quiet. And what seemed like a lifetime was probably less than two minutes. I thought it was like five minutes or more. There was dead silence. I went, oh, my God. Um, w- w- did I say the wrong thing and, and what did oh I do? God. And I said, just stay quiet, just stay quiet. And all of a sudden I heard footsteps and a door close. And I went, oh, I was so afraid. And then after a couple of seconds, I heard the door open and foot um, prints back and the phone was picked up. And the man said, I just put the phone away. I'm excuse me. I just put um, the gun away. Um, can we talk now? And I said, yes, now we can talk. And so that same day, um, at 2 in the morning, the phone rings, and it's an elderly woman. And she goes, oh, I'm so ashamed, and, 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 and I don't have a crisis, but I am so lonely, and my kids moved, and I'm all by myself, and I'm always by myself. Um, and so I thought, well, there's going to be someone at the hotline. I could talk to them, and, oh, I don't want to bother you. And I said, you know, it was like my mother called. I said, no, you're not bothering. <laughs> Let's talk. And I don't know what we talked about, but at the end of that talk, I listened to her. I was able to relate to her. In those experiences, and I was going through a lot deeper pain than I did over this election, and this election threw me on my head. And and by reaching out and not thinking of myself and thinking of others, my pain went away, and I was able to feel a lot better. And wait a second, you know, life is better when you give and you can make a difference. You could change the world for people, and that's how I lived my life the rest of of, of the days up until this point, talking to you um, on your radio show. You know, it's a, a lot of great stuff you share. We're going to take a short break and we're going to wrap it up. And I think, you know, it is time for us to really learn how to take the path of least resistance and move forward. And, and recognize that we all, if we strip everything down, we all are alive. And I, I really believe, I think, uh, um, I love what, I don't know if you listened to the uh, um, the concession speech yesterday, Hillary Clinton. I did, yes, I did. She said, never stop, my coach, she said, never stop believing that fighting for what is right is worth it. 
if we stand together and work with respect for our differences and respect our differences and love for these for this nation, our best days are still ahead of us. So let's take a short break and we will come back and wrap this up. Thank you. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now show. I am your host and executive producer, Rhea Wolke, also known as Coach Rhea. So welcome and thank you for being here. This has been an interesting um, election. It's been an interesting result and it's been interesting emotions and feelings that we're having, and, and including myself. Um, and, and today is the, the second day of the post of the, the, the result of the election 2016 here in the United States. And as we expected, social media was blowing up and, and our, a lot of my friends were posting all kinds of things to express how they were feeling about the result. Um, there were a lot of anger. There were a lot of emotions. And there were a lot of good, positive, you know, attitudes also in response to the, the 2016 election. And hopefully, you know, um, today's show with my dear friend, um, Dr. David Kenneth Wildman, the founder and CEO of To Love Children organization and Rebecca House International Publishing Company. He has been recognized as a creative problem solver and a manager, expert in public policy, gender justice, and educational development for girls in the developing world. And I'm honored to be a board member of the Love Children Organization. And uh, David, welcome back. I know we took a little short break, but this has been a really um, a, a very enlightening conversation. And, and I do appreciate the stories that you shared with us. But going forward, I mean, dealing with all these emotions and dealing with all these resistance that we have um, toward the elect president, um, what do you think we, what, what are some of the things that you think we can do without losing our values and what we stand for? Um, what, what, what's, what's some of the things that you suggest? Well, each person already knows um, what they can do, whether it's going down to their um, church and volunteering or feeding the homeless or working in a soup kitchen or volunteering um, on, a, on a sports team um, or reading um, to the elderly and talking to the elderly, going to um, homes um, where um, elderly live in senior homes, uh, nursing homes. I mean, everybody already knows um, what their gift, their passion, what they want to do to make a difference. Um, but in, instead, I would just like to open up a, um, to see this through a different lens. And mm-hmm. talking about the silver lining, and the first silver lining is that the country has now um, is, is 
is, is we have the attention of, of a lot of people in this country, and that's a good, positive thing. And people spontaneously went out in nine different plus cities and started protesting. Now, if they went out instead of protesting, um, and which is legitimate and it's important and that needed to come out. You can't bottle that up. But then once you do that, then you need to go out and make a difference. So I'd like to put out a, um, a call um, to action, um, if I may, to, to your um, listeners. So I heard this, um, I guess, last night, the, the days and evenings are blending into each other. Um, and, and one of these... Um, it was a young man who I've listened to over the last year or two, and he's called on, he sits on these new shows, and he, he gives his point of view, and I forget whether he's with the Huffington Post or whatever um, he works for. And he said, here's the silver lining. Um, so I am um, plagiarizing um, his his um, concept. And he Sharing said, what sharing um, what he said to, to a wider audience. And, and, and he said something that was so profound yet so simple. He said, this is a unique time and a call to artists, authors, musicians, filmmakers to help us understand interpret what is going on in America, what the problems are, to give us through the arts, through literature, through film, through dance, an, inter an interpretation so that we could process this. And we've always done that. Charles Dickens has done that about um, London um, in the 1800s, about the poverty um, in the books that he wrote. Um, John Steinbeck in The Grapes of Wrath um, talked about the Dust Bowl in the 30s. Picasso, um, when um, the, the Nazis bombed, well, helped with, with um, the Spanish Revolution in the 30s, and they totally destroyed Guernica and killed so many people, um, men, women, children, and Picasso's very famous painting titled Guernica. And, and, and our artists, our musicians, gives us a voice so that we stay positive, that we can express um, and not dwell on, oh, woe is me, but here's a way that I can express. And I have some talent, and I write children's books, and so I'm able to express um, in one way. Each and every person has their own talent, regardless of whether they think they do or not. In some area, it might be cooking. It might be just being the best hugger ever in the history of hugging. Um, whatever that is, um, is a major contribution. And, and I'd like to see a renaissance, an American renaissance of art and literature so that we can, not, not scholarly journals and articles and dissertations, but art and music and, and um, for people to write about this so that we can help tell this story, understand it, and have it part of our history to go through circle of how I started um, this interview and just move on to the next chapter. That's, uh, um, yeah, no, I mean, because, I mean, it is the beginning of a new chapter for our country, and I think we need, you know, if we can find a way to contribute into this chapter of, um, 
of our country and, and, and whatever small, whatever things that whatever, like anything that you mention, it's truly, you know, it's very simple, right? So find what you, what you think you can do, find what you can do for yourself first, because I think, you know, but I really found it for many years for myself, uh, through giving, through sharing. I mean, this show, this really having a voice, um, have helped me also. In, in, in my career, in my personal life, in my inspiring, you know, inspiring myself to move forward as well through like yourself and other guests that come in and, and contribute into into um, about positive message and sharing a great information with us here on the air. So I, I really do appreciate you, um, Dr. David Kenneth Wildman, and I appreciate all the work that you do, all the effort. Um, David has continued to, to, to do and, and make a difference in, in, in the life of a lot of the, the girl child in the world. And, uh, um, and, and he's, his work is amazing through his books, his children's books, through his teachings, through his outspeak to the UN, the United Nations. And, and I've seen him in action, you know, attending the um, women, girl and women in science. Um, was that, that's what it was, right? Um, not too yeah, long ago. International in Day yeah. of Women and Girls in Science. Oh, it was incredible. It was the first one, and I was to be part of it and to hear you, you know, speaking um, and, and and contribute into that as well. It's 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 a really an honor, and I do really appreciate you. But my friends, now more than ever, we need to stay strong. And we need to hold our heads up high and move forward. We need to deal with our emotion the way we find the best way to deal with it in a positive, harmonious way, right? Can so, I just add yeah. one very quick thing? Do we have a, just a few seconds? Sure. If, sure. if you want to get a real perspective on life, go to someone who's 80 years old or older and ask <laughs> them what trouble means. And they'll look at you like you're out of your mind, and they'll say, this is in trouble. As you get older, things don't seem the same, and, and you focus on what's important in family and friends and what you can do and, and, um, and, and putting life into perspective. If you want to get wisdom, there's no better wisdom, wisdom than calling up your grandma or grandpa. Yeah, I truly believe you because my grandma, you know, my grandma died not too, you know, I mean, a few years back. But I remember she was the person I used to go to. She was my best friend because the wisdom that she shared with me, the, the ease that she put me on. Because, you know, I mean, I, I've gone through a lot of adversity myself like we all do, right, at one point or another in our life. But it's what we do going forward that really counts. So, you know, take it easy on yourself, you know, speaking to our to you guys who are listening to this show. I do really do appreciate you. It's a shame that none of you guys hit one to dial in. I see you there, so I do appreciate you were there and the listening. And I do also, you know, encourage you to share the show and and, and uh um listen to what Doctor David Carlos Waldman has to say. Um, you know, about adversity and how we can deal with it and how we can contribute. You know, I mean, the time is coming right now. There's no better time right now here in the U.S. that the, the Thanksgiving is coming. I mean, you know, I don't think we need an excuse to be thankful, but you have something to look forward to in your next gathering, you know, whether you are with one person or a big, huge family and friends celebrating Thanksgiving, remember to count your blessing. Remember to count your blessing. I cannot, you know, emphasize this more than ever because I think the more we are grateful for what it is and what we have and what we can, you know, achieve, the more we have to be grateful for. The more you go out there and encourage someone else 
to do the same. The more we, we, we actually become more closer to each other and we, we find something that we can all share and, and we, our differences start to dissolve because our differences are there to make us stronger too because you know what? If we all the same, it becomes boring, right, Dr. David? <laughs> kind of well Absolutely. So, the varieties of life. Yeah, absolutely. So don't, you know, don't get too mad and don't get too upset. And you know what? We, we tend to, unfortunately, I'm not a big supporter of that. We tend to fight everything. And I remember, you know, this is still in my mind, when um, Mother Teresa, when they invite her to anti-war, rally she said i would not attend she said next time you have a peace rally i'll be there so instead of fighting everything find the least resisting you know uh path and start you know accepting things not accepting things are like you know getting rid of your values and your beliefs but you know find a way to deal with them in a more effective way that is going to make you move forward and it's going to make somebody else's life make you know move forward. So help someone else. Reach out to the next door neighbor. I actually wanted to tell the story quickly. I, I don't know if I mentioned it before on the air, before I go. I know I love storytelling, and you mentioned one. But this one was really cool because you talked about, like, you know, the, the elderly and, and being so um, full of wisdom. And, and, and you want to talk about, you know, feeling feeling good. So I remember walking my dog one day, and that was a while ago, and one of my neighbors, who I don't know because she lives like in one of the other, you know, neighborhood streets and stuff like that, she was walking and she happened to be sitting right on the edge of my, front of my house, there is a little ledge. And she was sitting there, but she looked like she was sleeping. She like, I, I was concerned as, as someone who is concerned. You know, some people would just like go on their own business and their own mind. I mean, she didn't look like she was in trouble or anything, but I was concerned. So I walked toward her and I looked at her and I said, are you Okay. And she opened her eyes, and she actually, I guess the sun was on her. She was feeling good, and she was relaxed, and she's sitting down enjoying herself. So I started her. She's like, she woke up, and I was really, like, I was speaking really, really softly, too, and I know I could be very loud. So I was talking to her very softly. Are you okay? And she lifted her up, and she looked at me. She said, like this, and she held her hand, you know, on her chest, and she looked at me, and she was just smiling. She gave me this big, huge smile, and she said, Oh, oh, somebody cares. I swear to God. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm sure somebody cares, you know. So, of course, to make long story short, I start talking to her. Are you okay? Did you need help? Do you want me to walk you? You know, she was like in her 80s. She's my best friend now. She actually, you know, I went out to lunch with her a few times. She calls me. I'm like, she said, I tell all my friends I have this woman who loves me, who cares about me. I was just someone who was just walking by. And I just had, a, you know, started a conversation with her. The things that she shared with me, it was, it was so inspiring. I felt so good. I, you have no idea how good she made me feel. But she, she actually said I made her feel good. So in, in a nutshell, the story, um, in, in, you know, to, to the point here, go out there and make somebody else feel good just by, you know, maybe giving them a hug or just, you know, if they don't want to be hugged, just maybe just saying something nice to them. And I always say. If we can kindly approach someone with something positive to say, it makes them feel good. I know it makes me feel good. So when somebody tells me, oh, you look great, or, you know, without, like, being so superficial about it, it makes me feel good. So I can imagine if you do the same thing to someone else, how you're going to make them feel. What do you think? 
I agree. And um, one tiny little um, piece of advice that I will use to help, and I I do use to help me feel better, is besides chocolate, um, (laughs) what, what I do is I listen to music. The Beatles um, is number one to help me um, put me into a relaxed mood and, and to feel good about myself. Um, and, and I also um, take time to watch my favorite TV show um, one after another and on my DVDs, and that happens to be Big Doctor James. Who. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and finally, um, what really helps just to relax and to see life on a whole um, real level and, and to, to be able to move on, pick up a Winnie the Pooh book. Um, you'll, you'll then get um, a real good perspective how good life can be. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, find your joy and, and do it. Find whatever brings joy into your life. And go ahead and do it. As long as you're not hurting someone else, as long as, as long as you're not, you know, breaking any rules or whatever, you know, to put yourself in trouble. Do things, you know, be conscious of your action, be conscious of what you say and what you do, but don't lose yourself in the process. I think that's really important. I think I stand for that very, very strong. I'm a very strong um, minded woman who is a free thinker, and I believe that, you know, I only and I refuse to be influenced by anybody who is not positive or, you know, who is going to be helping me and, uh, you know, whether for myself and for everybody else, you know, to to us moving forward. So be positive influence. Do your part. And it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling right now. Acknowledge those feelings, but don't ignore them because they are love. It is something that, you know, find out why, what is so important to you, you feeling that way. And and go out there and volunteer or like Dr. David Kellis-Whitman said, or do something like that is so small, does not require so much effort and just so you can feel better. So Dr. David Kellis-Whitman, I want to thank you so much for joining me. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for having me. And, and the time goes fast, you know, really fast. So in closing, you know, I want to remind you guys, you know, go out there and celebrate who you are. And remember, when we collaborate, when we work together, we are stronger. I, I do agree with Hillary Clinton that together we are strong. So make sure that you, whatever you do, remember the we. We are stronger than I. You know, I, we can go out there and do a lot of things on our own, but when we we are, you know, together with like-minded people, not creating, like, you know, I'm not a big, you know, you know, to try to make something like, you know, create an organization or something that, you know, to be anti-something. We're not anti-anybody, and I don't want you to be anti-anybody, but what I want you to do is to work together to make not only your world better, but the world around you. And until next time, my friends, I hope next time I was speaking with you, the air will be a little bit <laughs> clearer and people will start to feel because you know what? Time does heal, even though time to me is an illusion. And I think we really need to stop pretending, you know, live our life in a pretend world and, and really start living in the real world that it, we make of our own. And um, that will be it for tonight. That's it. Any one more? One more word? <laughs> um, I I think it's up to everyone to speak that word, don't you? I agree. It's up to exactly. 
Exactly. And that's really true. So I'm going to leave you with um, a little, you know, if you wanted to uh, um, learn more about what you can do to also help with uh, to love children organization. Um, I'm going to leave you with the ad that I done for the uh, to love the children. So I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you, Dr. David Kansler. And we'll talk later. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. Dr. David Kenneth Waldman founded To Love Children. When I met Dr. David Kenneth Waldman in my office, uh, when I was the minister in charge of gender, and he came to sell me this idea, his vision of, of uh, the girl-child education, I impressed it because I thought this is the way we would be able to empower our young girls. Please go to tolovechildren.org and donate. Thank you for helping me to take my passion and turn it into action. We can all take part. Just one more thing. It takes collaborations, mutual agreement, and action to make the impossible possible. So go out there and celebrate who you are and join hands and make the impossible possible. Be present. Look for insights. Take action. Take small steps. Evaluate what you are doing. And remember where you are so you know where you are heading. Stay amazing. Much love to all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.